Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. Joining me, I have two other Conquer the Gauntlet Pros in the line. I have Jay Flores, who uh, has his Changing the Game uh, Instagram Live video that he's exploring uh, science, technology, engineering, and math and inspiring the next generation. And was also spent was two years ago now on Exatlan uh, Estados Unidos, so uh, fitness-based reality, the fitness-based competition TV show. So Jay, welcome back. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. And then I also have uh, Miranda Huber, uh, medalist at the 2019 North American uh, OCR Championships in her age group, and won a Savage Axe, won a Conquer the Gauntlet, Gauntlet, and some other pretty good podium finishes there. So, Miranda, welcome back. Thanks, Evan. Before we get to today's episode, uh, this episode is brought to you by Aurora Heated Apparel. So Aurora Heated Apparel, you may have seen some of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team wearing them. You may have seen my pit crew wearing them last year at OCR America. But essentially, they're jackets, vests. I think they also make some socks and gloves. And it's got like a, a battery that plugs in. So you, you charge it on your outlet, and then you plug it into your jacket. And it's about the, the battery is about the size of an external hard drive. And there's three different heat settings. It heats up and keeps you warm pretty much regardless of the temperature. Uh, I know Jay and Miranda got theirs uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jay, any thoughts on Aurora? I absolutely love it. So I was born in Wisconsin, but I was made with Puerto Rican parts. So (laughs) cold is not good for me. And I've spent uh, the majority of the last 10 years uh, in Florida. So that's been, uh, you know, when we headed up to Kansas City, I was really worried about that. But put the jacket on and I was, even without turning on the heater, uh, I loved it. It was pretty warm, also just very comfortable and great in, in general as a jacket, but then had that heating element, especially when we were outside or eating outside, that was um, like a lifesaver. I would have been shivering and barely able to talk if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to use it. At, and I'm running out of these races, but I'm thinking like an early race in the year, even in Florida, it gets pretty chilly. So it's a, a great one to use for that. And then you can, you can warm up in it because it's still pretty light. Yeah, and then you're if you have a you know, my wife usually comes, so she's excited because she gets she gets it after I'm like while I'm racing, she gets to wear it while I, while I'm running around the course. Yeah, warm up in it, then hand it off to them right before you get in, and then get it right at the end of the race. It's perfect. Yeah, I'd say I was just impressed and surprised by the quality of the jacket, like without the heating element. Like I feel like I would have I'd buy that kind of jacket regardless. So the heating element is just like a huge added bonus. Yeah, cool. I think I think that the quality of the jacket reflects the price without the heating element, I would say. And then, like you said, the heating element adds to it. All right, let's jump into today's episodes. We're going to be a uniquely formatted episode. So we're going to be talking about OCR Mill 21,000 Feet, my charity fundraiser for Folds of Honor. Again, that's scholarship money for children whose parents were killed and wounded in action. It's our I don't, I don't, sixth fundraiser I've done, something like that. The goal is to get over... $5,000 for this one, so our, to put our grand total at over 25000 So I think we were still a couple hundred dollars short. So if you haven't donated, please head over and donate. The uh, link will stay active till the end of the month. So the if you missed what it was, so I'm doing one mile on a treadmill, four obstacles. We're at Modus Ninja Gym in Kansas City, uh, Missouri. It was also in part of a virtual event. So athletes could sign up, uh, they get a belt buckle, They do one mile on their own, four obstacles of their choosing, whether they're in a gym, uh, whether they use something like play out the card game, so it simulates OCR movements, or whatever obstacles they kind of have built at home. Uh, We kind of loosely competitive again, so kind of compare results uh, after the weekend. But I still have a bunch of buckles left over. So if anyone is listening to this and wants to do the virtual event, you can sign up through the fundraiser, or if you actually go to the Strength and Speed store, after March, it'll be available on the Strength and Speed store uh, online. But so kind of the twist on my side was I was doing this six-hour event, but I was hooked up to a hypoxic generator that simulated altitude at 21,000 feet. So I had Jay there uh, acting as pit crew slash emergency driver in case something went wrong. And he was also obstacle designer along with Scott Rosecki from the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro team. And then I had Miranda there kind of pacing off to the side on a different treadmill and doing obstacles at Modus. So uh, Jay, just kind of give me some of your observations and uh, thoughts from the outside looking in. Yeah, man, it, it was wild. Cause I had, had a general idea of what this might mean, what some of the terms you were using are. I've been at, 
at pretty high elevation, so I know what it feels like even just walking around and breathing. So when you added all this complexity of the running, of the obstacles, um, I, I was I was one very impressed, two uh, a little bit worried, honestly, to see what what would happen and how you'd be able to to take that, how your body would adapt. But man, you you absolutely crushed it. I know you did a significant amount of training, so this isn't something that someone should do just straight off of uh, the street. Um, but this was a, a pretty cool experience. And then to see you do the, you know, like the salmon ladder at 21,000 feet of elevation was just re- really cool to be able to be a part of that. You know, one of the challenges, which I kind of knew going into it, but, uh, was further complicated. It was actually more of a challenge for you and Scott was, so the, this thing's hooked to my face. So it's cutting off my peripheral vision. So I can't really like see the floor super well. It's like, I'd say covering probably like 33% of my vision from like, uh, you know, below my face. Um, so it made balancing obstacles harder, the altitude, uh, which caused dizziness, um, plus getting on and off the treadmill also adds a little bit of dizziness made it also made balanced obstacles harder. Um, so you mentioned the, I think the most impressive obstacle, which is the salmon ladder. Um, again, I'm, so I'm doing that because the mm-hmm. mask, I'm kind of doing that blind. Uh, but the, the two hard, hardest obstacles were one, the pegboard, because of the mask, I can't use both eyes. I have to use a single eye. And it, my depth perception was gone. So I was just swinging at these, these peg holes and just missing like over and over again. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting frustrated because like pegboard is like one of my, my best obstacles. So you could tell that you had the strength to get to that point and you just kept missing it by like a millimeter and like really wanted to get it in and wouldn't go in. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Do you, you know what I'm going to say the hardest obstacle was? Was it the Hercules toys? That's it, Miranda. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so Jay, Jay and Scott are coming yeah, up I with... I tried to do that behind you and it was a nightmare. They're coming up with all these great obstacles. So we, I have a 70-pound rec bag because it's the only one I own. So that's what I brought. And we, they tie it to a rope, throw it over one of the rig trussings. And like, oh, Hercules hoist. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like 153 pounds at this point. I'm like, I should be able to lift that, no problem. But... You know, there's no pulley. It was all friction. And um, so I have these like, ex- it looks like an external set of lungs that I have like kind of strapped to my back that shows how much oxygen is in there from um, that's already gone through the generator and um, made to simulate 21,000 feet. And I'm pulling as hard as I can. And those things just, I mean, I, I sucked up every bit of air out of those things. I was, I was pegged out there. We definitely should have tested that one before <laughs> we're making you do it. But I mean, that was one of the biggest challenges, and I can't imagine how you would have done this on your own with, with everything you were going through, is figuring out, you know, four unique obstacles. But it does show how awesome Modus is as a gym and the wide variety, because I feel like we were, we, you know, we repeated a couple things, but in general, we were able to give you a good set of four different obstacles every time. The hard part was carrying that freaking machine across the, the gym, but besides that... The setup was uh, incredible. That was my hardest obstacle was carrying the, the machine. Yeah, yeah. so I've got this. The mask is hooked up, like I said, to these external set of lungs. And then that, that tube goes to what looks like a shop vac, right? So it's like a air conditioner on wheels. You know, before the event, my dad's like, how are you going to do obstacles with like this thing dragging behind you? And I was like, yeah, they'll figure it out. And like I specifically said, they'll figure it out because I knew it wouldn't <laughs> be my problem. <laughs> so Scott and Jay are like trying to wrangle this thing behind me. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm I like, I, I just, I'm like, I'm just going to ignore it and do whatever I do and let Jay and Scott deal with it. And they did it. They did a great job. So um, I pulled on it a couple of times, but you know, uh, we were learning. It was a learning process. Yeah. And then also you, I mean, the time flew cause you had about what, like 10 to 12 minute miles. So it, you feel like you've got a good amount of time, but when you're trying to create the new obstacles and then, all of a sudden, Evan's like, oh, I'm ready for the next four. And you go, crap, like, I got to go uh, pick another one. But it, that was a lot of fun, too, just trying to be creative, coming up with new obstacles. You you crushed it, just taking on anything we threw your way. I know that long uh, rolling log balance is someone during one of the lives had uh, called out for. Uh, yeah, I was worried about that, but you, <laughs> I guess with one eye, you were able to see it. <laughs> yeah, Cal- I Cal- tried that log, and it took me, like, four tries. I don't know how you did that. So what, what, what Jay did, Jay recorded it. He didn't do it live, um, but I did make it across on the first one, which I was pr- pleasantly surprised with. So yeah, real, real proud of that. Miranda, what, were your, what was your thoughts going yeah. on? How, 
Um, and without breaking the machine either. Yeah, without breaking the machine also. How was your event going? (laughs) Uh, It was good. It was probably the fastest six-hour run I've ever done in my life. It's like very, there's a lot to look at. I mean, Modus Ninja, super cool place. People were playing around. I got to see you (laughs) going all over the place doing crazy stuff with this giant machine behind you. So um, overall, it's fun. I'm surprised how well it went. I didn't really know going into it what I was going to do, how far I was going to go, how I was going to feel. So I was just went into it with an open mind, just going to play it by ear. And I felt good the whole time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I knew that you were going to say that the Hercoist was the hardest because, you know, Jay was tracking your heart rate every 30 minutes to see how long you spent in each zone. And I tried the Hercoist behind was likely impossible. So I also knew how, how heavy it was. Tracking your heart rate after you did the Hercoist was the first time that you had any minutes in the red zone. Yeah. So what I had what done is my, so, my uh, pulse ox yeah, breaks it down. I remembered that. <laughs> breaks it down by different zones. And I had, I had labeled them on an Excel spreadsheet. And I was having Jay record it every 30 minutes so I could know, um, you know, kind of when I was going into unexplored territory from what I had done in training. And uh, like Miranda said, that my 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 heart rate skyrocketed <laughs> on that one. So it took me a, it took me a hot second to recover. <laughs> the other thing, like, especially at the beginning, when we had to increase the um, the elevation, you know, we started out going up every minute, and then we went trying to get your information every thirty minutes. There's a lot going on, um, but it was really cool to see all that data. Yeah, absolutely. And that was that was a big part of the safety. You know, I wanted to uh, make sure we do it safely, and um, just just in case something bad did happen, I could back it up. Like, well, I took a lot of precautions, but you know, can't be perfect. You you got to accept some risk. And I don't think I mentioned, but Miranda won the female division, right? So, like I said, it was loosely competitive. So she ended up running uh, twenty two miles, uh, beat the second and third place girls by one mile. So congratulations, Miranda. Got your buckle. Should be by the time this airs, you'll have it at your house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So just to touch on that, I thought that was super cool having that option to run the virtual event while you were doing something. It it made the donation feel more real, and the, it made the virtual event feel more real because you're like putting money towards something, right? So I'll get a buckle back in return and also to like support you virtually. Well, I was there, but still to, you know, be able to donate and then also do something in support of that. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, it, it, it worked out well. And it was nice. It was really nice to like, as I'm running on, sometimes I would check my phone to kind of help pass a little bit of the time. And I could see people like posting things about their, their own run and how they were doing so it's kind of cool, like to get some of that shared suffering going on, because um, it made it feel made it feel like more of an event uh, versus a lot of these. You know, it's it's mostly me, just uh, torturing myself. That was really cool. <laughs> and we did have Bobby Ross there shooting a bunch of video. So I'm not sure when it's going to be available because he had to go to Honduras for work uh, almost immediately after. So uh, he's got some some other things on his priority list, but we're hoping. Hoping to get that out before the end of the fundraiser. And if not, it will be edited into the documentary he's uh, creating. So uh, you can, if, you, if, you, if we end up not using it for a little short segment, you'll be able to see it on the documentary, which hopefully will end up on like Amazon Prime or something like that, some sort of streaming service. So we're, we're going to kind of start wrapping it up because I know when I talk to the first place male and the second place female, we've had Miranda on the episode before. So sorry, Miranda. I, I already know about you and if our listeners want to hear more about Miranda, they can go back and <laughs> no and check out her episode. Uh, some good stuff there. And I know we're, I'm planning on bringing her back on the podcast uh, probably as a co-host at some once or at least several or probably a couple times this year. So you'll be hearing from Miranda again. Jay, what do you got coming up this year? And then any uh, final thoughts on OCR mill? And very excited uh, for this year, getting back into hopefully a more full season of racing compared to last year and the year before I was on the show for a majority of the year. So it's it's been a, a while since I've gotten a really strong schedule in. Very excited for Battle of the Lions, excited for the big Conquer Gauntlet event. And I just this past weekend did a UNAA World Challenge qualifier. 
I'm super excited to see where that's going to go. It was an awesome mix, I think, for OCR athletes because the obstacles were not crazy challenging. I think what they're trying to do is standardize Ninja so that it can be kind of something like the CrossFit games where any gym can do the same exact workout or, or course. And so it was really more about obstacle endurance and, and you know, being able to keep moving through the obstacles without rest. Uh, versus being like super grippy or super technical or a crazy hard balance obstacle. And so I was going four and a half minutes nonstop obstacles, uh, which was like heaven for me. Uh, ended up winning that one, and I'm looking forward to seeing how I'll do in the future in that kind of format. Awesome. Sounds really cool. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to dive into that deeper at some point in the future. Miranda, uh, what about you? Looking at a lot of races this year, I think I have probably 30 on the list that I want to do or would be interested in doing. I won't do them all, but some of the big ones are CR World Championship. I've never done that race before, so I'm excited to try that one out. Yeah, I'm excited for Battle of the Lions, so that'll be cool to see a new new race come to light and also to see a race that does like a series point leader. I won't be able to make it to all races, but um, I'm really curious to see that play out. And then the Conquer the Gauntlet 10-year anniversary event should be super cool. Looks like they're going to have a lot of really fun stuff there since it's a like more so local race for them and uh, a lot of just a lot of cool sponsors and things like that. I would I really need redemption to finish a hundred miler uh, is another thing I've been thinking about. <laughs> I haven't signed up for one yet, and I'm really nervous now to sign up for one. So I have some smaller races on the calendar compared to that. So I'm hoping to finish a like a 50 miler maybe in May. And then um, I'll do a 100K, which is like 69 miles. Uh, I'll probably do that in November. And then if those go well, I might look at doing a 100 miler next year. Nice. Sounds like a good plan. And yep, super excited for CTG, OCRWC, and Battle of the Lions. I just signed up for three of the four events. Somewhat ironically, I will be at work when the event is like 20 minutes from my house. So I will, I'm not going to the Kansas City one. Um, <laughs> but if anyone, anyone is going to the Kansas City one, I highly encourage you. So Saturday, June 5th is Battle of the Lions. Sunday, June 6th is Wild Women's Timber Challenge. That's the KC Timber Challenge. It's non-competitive. Uh, but it's females only or men dressed like ladies. So um, just take it less serious for once and have a good time. If you want, a lot of times they first wave, like I still show up to the first wave usually and just run as hard as I can just for a good training. But yeah, definitely a cool, uh, if you can find it on Facebook, if you search for a KCOCR double down and uh, there's a mud run guide article coming out about it and the Facebook event, you can link up some other people that are going to be in the area and both events I think are, they're about 15 minutes from each other. So you don't have to like, and Kansas City is pretty big. You don't have to drive to opposite sides of the city. And then if you want more training, you can head over to Modus Ninjas also. Um, Modus is typically closed on Sundays. So if you want to check out Modus and the awesome obstacles that me, Miranda, Jay, uh, were talking about this episode, you can head over there. Uh, you have to go over there Saturday after Battle of the Lines though. So, All right, we'll catch up with both of you later. Thanks for coming on. We're going to jump over and talk to the first place male and the second place female. Catch you guys later. All right, so we are here with the first place male and second place female. I'm going to read a quick their bio real quick, and then we'll jump in and talk about, about the event and kind of what else they have going on this year. So for the male winner, we had Fred Clark-Louis. Um, a little bit about him. He grew up playing hockey and wrestling and then did four years of judo during his brown belt. When he had kids, it's kind of being harder to continue to practice that, and then about 10 years ago, his wife passed away, and a friend of his, Mike Smith, wanted him to do a Tough Mudder in Toronto, and at the time, he couldn't even run a 5K, but essentially started building up and worked towards it, did his first World's Toughest Mudder in 2016, dropped 30 pounds after that to imp improve his racing, has raced World's Toughest Mudder, Tough, Tough Mudder, Noram, and continue to work as a role model for his kids. His goal is to continuously improve and hit 75 miles at World's Toughest Mudder and compete at the 15K in OCRWC. And then he wants a uh, longevity, so wants to run a race or OCR triathlon when he is 80. So, Fred, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. We also have joining us Mary Kester, the uh, second place female. So she grew up on a farm, degree in journalism, and works as a weekly newspaper editor since November 2007. I married her high school sweetheart for 
of 13 and a half years now. Uh, one daughter who's extremely spoiled. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The bearded dragon is extremely spoiled. Uh, <laughs> They're both spoiled. <laughs> leader of a girl's, Girl Scout troop decided on doing a goal of, ever, of racing at OCR, preferably in every state. Uh, currently at eight, working her way up. Uh, used to be a member of the Battlegrounds Battle Brigade in 2017, upgraded to the Battle Corps in 2018. That's the permanent OCR facility in Missouri uh, that Tough Mudder essentially bought the rights for. So that's where Tough Mudder, Missouri takes place now. It's completed more than 50 OCRs, got a few podiums here and there. It's raced at US OCRC, NORAM, OCRWC, and uh, often does fundraising events uh, linked with endurance stuff or running stuff. So Cupid's Undy Run, um, Rock and Roll Marathon in St. Louis, raising money for St. Jude. And uh, another St. Jude, uh, Memphis Marathon, 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb. So, Mary, welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, we're going to talk mostly about OCR Mill, but then we can kind of dive into a little bit more of your backgrounds towards the second half of the episode. What was interesting was kind of seeing what people chose to do for their OCR Mill virtual event. And I know Fred did what looked like it was your personal property. Was that right, Fred? Is that where you were? Yeah, yeah. I was in my... uh backyard basically i ran around my uh, neighborhood for the mile and then did the obstacles in my backyard that i built over the last year or so and you had some legit obstacles can you tell me about some of the obstacles you were doing on each lap yeah so basically uh i took a playground that was uh getting tore down so i took all the metal from it and uh i have about 300 feet of obstacles now and uh it ranges from you know standard monkey bar to um I have uh, made my own stairway uh, to, to do, and I just keep adding more and more stuff. I put up a slack line and uh, kind of did a traverse with it. And then in my garage, I have probably another 100, 120 feet of uh, obstacles that hang from the, uh, the ceiling. I kind of just look for different ideas I see on the internet and uh, different companies, different handholds and all that kind of stuff. And I just keep adding and it's, it's really cool now that my kids are doing it uh, with me. So they'll go out there and uh, play around on it. Kind of, I started, uh, when I started it, I was just going to do the same four obstacles each time. And then kind of as I was running, I'm like, Hey, I can kind of change it up a little bit. And it gave my mind something to do while I was out there doing the mile lap. And uh, then I would come in and, and try different obstacles. So just trying to various the grips, have some fun with it too. Awesome. Yeah, I was really glad to see you. Know, I, was, I, I watched some of your videos and saw some of your posts online. And I was glad that, you know, it was a loosely competitive event. So I wasn't like any hard rules in the obstacles, but it was cool to see someone uh, win and do well that was doing like, again, legit obstacles that were, um, you know, he built in his backyard. And um, again, like you said, do the variety of stuff. Go when you it. said to, you know, it, like it's training, right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this like it's you know, as much as close to the course as I can get it. So I wanted to, to make it, you know, hard training and, and to make it like uh, <laughs> legit for me. I, I didn't know if my hands would hold up for six hours doing all those obstacles. And uh, so, yeah, it was fun. How did your hands end up holding up? Uh, really well. I was, uh, was quite surprised how well they, they did held up. And uh, so I'm glad. So my, my grip work has been paying off lately. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I mean, the, the lack of water on the, since I'm assuming you didn't do, do any water obstacles, right? No, no. Uh, if it had been earlier, you know, later in the year, I'd have my pool open and jump into <laughs> it, but uh, uh, I didn't have any water. So that was a, that was a big bonus, not having the water. What, what a difference not having water makes actually. So. Yeah, absolutely. And before we jump over to Mary, any, advice you have for people who are um actually have two questions there one like people who have like a playground that's you know maybe their kids have grown out of you know what was your method to transform that into an obstacle course racing training uh, thing well i just took a lot of like i kind of dismembered their uh, playground stuff and uh just looked at like uh you know the plastic rock holds and uh um like i said i got lots of uh, different metal pieces and I just kind of look at it and kind of make it up. Like I, I got an old fireman's pole that was a part of a, a playground and I put it up and I try and climb up it. And um, they had one, um, it's like uh, stairs, uh, kind of loops they had to climb. That it's supposed to go straight up. So I made it go sideways and made it spin. And I, I just, I, I like problem solving and trying different things out. So um, I just started when I first started, yeah, I just grabbed like the handholds, like the rings off their playground. I'm like, hey, if it's going to hold them, maybe it'll hold me and <laughs> kind of tested it out. And uh, actually, the first thing I put up was just a bar, uh, like from a fence. 
um, just around bar and I just hung it on webbing and, and started going back and forth across it and started hanging stuff off of it. That's kind of how I started and just expanded from there. Cool. Great stuff. The day we're recording this, you did the 12 hour virtual, uh, Tough Mudder Equinox Ultra. Uh, how did yeah, that did go it. yesterday? Uh, it went really well. Uh, it's, uh, started off pretty cold and there's a pretty good wind here. So, um, um, but once the frost got out of the way, then it, uh, it was pretty good. Um, I managed to, uh, put in 11 laps and, uh, my legs held up pretty good. So again, I was looking at like training just to see if I can, can last that long at the pace I wanted to, to go at. And, uh, I was also testing out some different foods. I figured I might as well, you know, good opportunity when I got, uh, in my home base here to, to try some different stuff. So uh, overall, I was pretty good, pretty tired today, but not too bad. Nice. How many miles did you end up covering for that? Uh, 55 miles. Nice. Solid. Yeah. Very solid. So, and I think you won your age group. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Won my age group, uh, eighth overall. And yeah, I just, uh, when I was running, I didn't even look at the leaderboard. I just wanted to do it for myself and I just kind of went after it and I was totally by myself. So it took a bit of time to upload after each, uh, each event. So, um, that took a little bit of time off, but I, I was really happy overall how, how it went. And uh, mostly, like I said, how my legs held up uh, going uh, the distance. And how, how old are you, just so, for our listeners? Uh, I'm 48. Okay. What I'm advice? <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's good, man. You're, you're still crushing it. And like I said in your bio, you know, one of your long-term goals is to, like, continue to race into your 80s, yeah. um, which is awesome. So what advice do you have for maybe someone who's a little bit younger and getting – higher up there in age, um, you know, for, to stay consistent and stay uh, motivated, I guess. Yeah. I, I just look at it. I just keep looking for new challenges, uh, with it. That's what I like about, uh, OCR in general is just, uh, all the challenges that, you know, <laughs> it provides, like once you think you got your grip down then you got your running, you have to worry about, and then, you know, your agility and it just, uh, keeps on coming. And, Right, right now, my goal is uh, really my goal for the last couple of years has been to kind of try and maintain. But uh, luckily, I'm still increasing in my speed and strength and and everything. And um, you know, learning the different techniques um, has been has been big. And uh, I think uh, for myself, like I focus a lot on the running, but I try only to run three times a week and uh, make them count and do a lot of cross training. Uh, just so my uh, knees and hips and everything will will hold up uh, for the for the long term. So I'm always kind of keeping that in the back of my head. Um, but yeah, I just have I just have fun with it. I just like uh, setting a goal. Like for for this uh, for your event, my goal was 25 miles. I thought that was a pretty stretch goal. And uh, I find as I get older, some days I feel it and uh, I feel good, and some days it's uh, it's a real grind and. Luckily, on your race, it was on uh, your challenge. It was uh, feeling pretty good, so I just kept going with it and and uh, had a lot of fun with it too. Awesome! Uh, let's jump over to Mary. Mary, where did you do your event from? I did at a local gym here in Redbud, uh, Design Fitness. I'm a, a member over there, but it's nowhere near um, an OCR training facility or anything. So I just kind of made do with what was there to to use. Yeah, I mean, you, you can come up with, you can get pretty creative. So I saw you, give, tell us some of the obstacles you were doing between um, miles. And you were using a treadmill, correct? Yeah, I, I used the treadmill to make sure I was staying at a consistent pace and it would be one mile. And then as soon as I got off the treadmill, I did a bear crawl the entire length of the gym and realized how much I hate bear crawls. <laughs> and then and then I grabbed um, two 40-pound kettlebells and did carried them, farmer carried them the width and back of the gym. And then I had set up some of those busu ball things and I kind of made an agility stepping stone or jumping path. And then after that I used a, they have a TRX system, which has basically monkey bars on it. And I did that and I felt it was very important for me to do the monkey bars since I've always had issues with upper body and grip uh, obstacles. So I was super stoked that I was able to nail the monkey bars every lap. So that was a big accomplishment I felt for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's one of the, like, I, that's one of the things I highly recommend. Like if you're, if you're having trouble with an obstacle doing, um, since you for a training run, I would do, 
I would do like a warm up, like a mile or two. And then I would do basically quarter mile loops and repeat that obstacle just so I've done it, you know, you know, yeah. If I, if I run another three miles, I've done it 12 times or something, but um, yeah. long, longer intervals there, but good. And I, I bet, so I bet the, the confidence you have from doing those monkey bars will take you a lot further uh, than oh, you definitely. realize, you know, like, <laughs> um, because it, it, you know, you can do that obstacle for six hours now, right? You, you know it. Yeah. So, you know, next time you encounter monkey bars in a race, you should, you should just crush them. It shouldn't be a problem. Were, was there anything kind of unexpected challenges uh, that you encountered? Uh, we'll start off with Mary and jump over to Fred after. I didn't, there wasn't necessarily anything unexpected other than the fact that I only anticipated 15, 18 miles max that I would get in. And so I was very pleasantly surprised when I got to 21 and I had managed to keep the speed on the treadmill the same the entire six hours. And that absolutely blew my mind that I was able to keep the same pace the whole day, the whole six hours. So, um, other than that, I didn't have any difficulties or challenges, but it was great. And I think I want to do a similar kind of incorporate a training, a three hour and do kind of loops like that again and put that as a regular training for myself now. Yeah, I mean, it's a great option. Like Fred was saying, he was using it to test out some of his fueling strategies, which I mean, you don't you don't want to test out your fueling strategy in a race. So um, virtual events are a prime opportunity for that. What about you, Fred? Any kind of surprises you encountered um yeah well the, um it was it was cold that day that i did it and uh, the temperature actually dropped about uh four degrees celsius uh kind of in the middle of the run I, I just wasn't expecting it i could really feel it on uh, on the run uh, and then the, actually the temperature came back i think the the sun went away or something like that so we were about uh i was running about it was about negative two uh what's that about uh 25 i guess Oof. and tell people so where you're at drop, tell people where yeah. you're running from again i'm in uh, fort erie uh, canada so it's basically right straight across the uh the river from buffalo so okay. i can i can see buffalo for, at the one end of my lap that i did uh the loop that i did i can see across to see buffalo and uh yeah so the and the wind comes off the uh the lake for uh, lake erie here yeah, I started off. It was uh, it was above zero, and then it uh, it dropped down uh, below zero. It, it's it's amazing, uh, just a couple degrees difference, and uh, what it does for your just your mentally and you know and everything like that. Luckily here, because I was at my house, I would do the lap, and I could like I just sneak in my door here and grab something to to eat or. Um, just uh, I don't know, just having that place kind of to go uh, helped out a little bit. And then once I got through that, I'm like, okay, I'm through this. I can uh, I can do this now. So like I said, that was about hour three to hour four when uh, when that happened. So and but it turned out well. And then by the end, it warmed up a little bit. And I don't know, I just I felt really good at the end. And I'm like, okay, I made it this far, so I'm really gonna push it. So I actually ran my last the last five miles. I think was my fastest five miles for the day. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A little bit of negative splitting there. That's good stuff. Yeah. Now, Mary, I mentioned in your bio, um, one of you completed more than 50 OCRs and, um, you know, kind of long-term goals to do an OCR or a race in kind of every state. So what do you have coming up in 2021? And then kind of, yeah, let's start with there and then we'll follow up with the next question. Uh, well, next month I'm, uh, going to be doing the Phoenix race in Mississippi. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, that'll be a new state for me to do. It's a new um, series too, isn't it? Or have they put uh, on events before? I think they've had events before. I, I won a race entry for that race through Mythic Race, which is going to be a new one coming out. Right. And um, Good so plug for the symbol on your belt buckle also. Side note, yeah. William, William Shell. <laughs> All right, keep going. Sorry. Um, so I've got uh, Phoenix race coming up, and then I'll have uh, Frontline in Chicago area. I'll have Highlander Assault Dark Ages and the regular Highlander Assault both up in Chicago area. I'll do Indian Mud Run, and that one's in Ohio. I've done that one before. I um, think I might throw a few Spartans in there. I know I have Tough Mudder St. Louis coming up. I do plan on doing the world uh, OCR championships, or at least the plan is for now to do that one if it all works out. 
So that's pretty much what I have on the schedule right now. I'm sure I'll pick up some more races here and there. <laughs> nice. Sounds like sounds like a good schedule. I would also, my personal bias, add in uh, Conquer the Gauntlet in September and Battle of the Lions has several races going on. Uh, it's Dallas, Little Rock, Oklahoma City, and uh, Kansas City. So I've, I've been wanting to add those or try those out. It's just the schedule hasn't worked thus far. So, and uh, September is starting to look kind of busy, <laughs> no especially worries. with everything else, but they are on my uh, list to do. And then what, you know, what, is there any kind of like big bucket list races you're looking at long-term that you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to hit it this year, but this is definitely something I want to do in the next, you know, two to three oh, well, years. My bucket list races. I've got the Bermuda Triple Challenge. I want to do that for uh, my 40th birthday uh, nice. that year. So that, that um, one, for the people who don't know, it's three races in Bermuda uh, over the course of a weekend. So Matt Willis, I know from Mud Run Guide, went last year and posted a review up on Mud Run Guide. Sorry, go it ahead. Like a, it sounds like a dream come true. And another tropical destination race, I would like to do the Spartan Hawaii Trifecta. So those are my bucket list race. Nice. Also a good one. That's what they, you actually run through parts of where Jurassic Park was filmed. So I'm, I'm interested in doing that also because I'm a nerd and I like Jurassic <laughs> Park slash world. Cool. Jumping over to back over to Fred. What, do you, what about you? Any uh, big plans for 2021? Well, it's tough right now because we're still uh, locked down pretty hard here. Whether I can travel to the States this summer or uh, it's kind of still up in the air. There's really, uh, even the Spartan races in Canada, they were supposed to be happening in the next uh, month or two. They've been postponed. So hopefully if things open up, I will be doing uh, three or four Spartan races in Canada, Toronto and Montreal. And I'm hoping to uh, go to British Columbia to do one. And then if the uh, the border opens up, then I will uh, head down there and do some of the Tough Mudders. And um, I'm signed up to do the uh, the World uh, Championships, the OCR, uh, in Vermont, hoping to get to the 24-hour World's Toughest again. So it just all depends on uh, what opens up. Uh, we don't have a lot of kind of local ones around here, so I kind of kind of have to wait and uh, that's also partially why I kind of made my own course so I can uh, at least do something but right now it's not looking like things are going to open up until the end of June Um, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed that things open up and then I can uh, start to get back into races I like to do at least two a month I'm hoping that 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 can happen well it sounds like you're putting in some good training between this and like we mentioned the Tough Mudder Ultra Equinox race event you did yesterday is the I'm not tracking the restrictions from Canada too well. Is the restrictions on the U.S. letting you in, or is it on Canada letting you leave it's, and then it, come back? It's both, but mostly it's Canada leaving and come back. So if I fly to the states, I have to uh, when I come back, I have to quarantine for two weeks, but I also have to pay for a three-day stay in a hotel, which they charge uh, two thousand dollars for. So it's just, uh, yeah, they're they're really clamping down on that. And uh, even uh, like I'm a border town and there are zero cars going across. And uh, it's it's really tough right now. Like uh, like basically going to the States or traveling anywhere is not an option right now at all. Even traveling within Canada is tough. There's certain provinces that uh, the border's closed and you can't go into. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's really tough right now. So there's not much going on. I got uh, one small triathlon in last year that was my only live race and it was just kind of a local i think there was maybe oh there was about 70 people and uh and that was it and we were lucky to get that one in so there's been nothing happening up here unfortunately oh wild that's crazy all right let's jump back over to mary real quick i can't remember if i actually read this part of your bio uh one of the things that you told me was you enjoy going out and having fun with friends during races more going at your own pace more than being competitive so just kind of tell me about that mindset and how that Um, uh, affects how you race and etc when I first started with the first race um, I did my first tough mutter a week before my 30th birthday I had this mindset of oh my god I'm probably going to die I'm actually signing a death waiver and and I I suckered a friend into doing it with me because I didn't want to go die in the mud alone and then we ended up having an absolute blast. I mean, we trudged slowly through the whole thing and felt 
like death for two weeks later, you know, all these bruises and everything else. But we also felt so empowered and like just awesome. And so I got hooked on it. And then since then, I've been wanting to do more and more OCRs and I've branched out into a few other uh, trail runs and street runs more or less to train for OCR because that is my true love really. And I've convinced more friends and family to come do it with me, but they're also when they first start and well, some of them just aren't very fast in general, they're, they're slow or they don't know what to expect and they don't want to do it and be left behind. And I have more fun. You know, if I walk an entire, you know, eight mile race with my friends, but we are able to have fun, throw mud at each other, play in the mud pits and water, you know, cheer each other on through the obstacles or help each other through the obstacles that. And and then when we cross the finish line together, that just seems like more to me than, oh, I went there, I got there, zoom through it really fast. Here's my shiny metal. And, and I know fast to start with. So I have very few podiums to my name. I couldn't even tell you how many I actually have. It, it's less than five, but I'm, I would rather just go out and have fun. And if I can do all the obstacles while I'm out there, that's awesome. And if not, you know, we're just, we're having a good time. And then races that I don't actually have family or friends with racing with me, then I try to do more competitively and see how fast I can go. And in those situations, that's where I can do placement. Like for world OCR worlds this year, I did place um, or make the age group uh, qualification at Savage Race Georgia last fall. So I'm qualified. So for the rest of this season, I'm just more out to have fun. And like uh, with the Phoenix race next month, I'm taking my 10 year old daughter with me. She's going to run the whole course with me. And it's more, we're going to, we're going, it's a girl's trip. We're going to have fun. And that means more to me than, you know, a possible medal. Yeah. So you said a bunch of things that I think are going to be really important, especially 2021 and beyond. You know, I think, like Fred was talking, you know, some, some areas he physically can't travel to, or he's not allowed to travel to. And I think there's going to be crowds of people who may not be super interested in coming back uh, to racing right away. Um, how have you found success bringing people into the sport, um, you, you know, pre COVID, but then any, if you have any other tips for kind of after COVID, like how do you get someone who's not really interested in racing to show up to a race and run with you? I mean, I tell them how much fun I have and I'm like, you know, and I stress the feeling of accomplishment and just being a badass when you cross the finish line, you're like, I did that. And if I can do this, you know, what can, you know, normal day to day life that shouldn't be able to stop me or hold me back. It's just, and it's just an amazing feeling and just the camaraderie. I mean, I started with Tough Mudder and they always push, you know, you uh, push the com- camaraderie and you're, it's about doing the event and not about your time. And I seem to have embraced that and taken that into as my personal thoughts on doing OCR and people see that and they're like, man, you look like you have fun and you're just, you're so inspiring and such a badass. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything that you aren't capable of doing. Come do it with me. I will run with you. Let's do this. Let's have fun. And you can see that you're a badass too. Yeah. Awesome. Great, great advice. And now in Fred's bio, I was talking about um, one of the reasons he's running is as an inspiration to his kids. How old are your kids now, Fred? Uh, they're 12 and 14. Nice. What do they, what do they think of their 48 uh, year old dad running for 12 hours and six hours at a time? Yeah, they, they, uh, they usually run the, uh, the first lap and last lap with me. Yeah, they are encouraging me and stuff, and uh, they're pretty competitive themselves. When my daughter plays tennis uh, at a uh, provincial or, or, sorry, state level, and uh, my son's a gymnast, so, uh, you know, I, I try and do his workouts. We actually had a uh, burpee contest, uh, how many burpees you can do in seven minutes, uh, um last week and uh i barely beat him so he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> catch me soon we've done a couple they're just getting to the age now where they can again up here they're a little more tight on age when you can go into events 
they're just old enough now to be able to go on some of the events. So we've done a couple of kind of fun runs. We have these foam runs, uh, basically inflatable obstacle courses that uh, are for fun. So they've done that with me, but they're ready to uh, to tackle a you know a, 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 a harder OCR course. So again, we're kind of just waiting for it to uh, to open up, and I'm hoping to take them to be my pit crew this year at the the world's toughest. And uh, nice. Yeah, and just uh, yeah, it's just good. I just want to, you know, try and show them, and they do it themselves. If you work hard and you practice and uh, you set goals and then you go for it, then you're gonna you're gonna make yourself better, and that's really what I'm trying to uh, to show them, and and also to have fun with it too. And they see me having fun with it; they have fun in their their sports as well. So it, it's neat just to practice with them and see what they can do. And it's, it's amazing uh, how strong and how agile they are and how quick they, they get stuff. And it takes me forever to, uh, to figure it out. So nice. I, I bet you can learn a lot from the, the gymnasts on their, their techniques and stuff like that. I bet you can you steal a bunch of lessons from that. Well, yeah. And you know, it's just because uh, the gyms have been closed here, the, the gymnastics gyms have been closed. They've been doing all their practices uh, over Zoom. So uh, I go on the side where they can't see me and I do the uh, the workouts. And I tell you, my core has never been stronger. And I think that's a big reason why I'm, uh, you know, doing better with my running and stuff is uh, my core is uh, feeling way better and uh, my hips are feeling way better. So I've really incorporated that into my uh, workouts and uh, I, I think it's really, uh, really improved. Have you been a single dad for the last 10 years raising the kids? Yeah. Yeah. So it's God me bless and, uh, you. The two kids. So God bless you. If if my wife passed, I would be in such deep trouble. I mean, well, yeah, she does so much work. I mean, I can't even. I'm, yeah, you know. but it's it's just like it's kind of like OCR. Like there's obstacles, and uh, you just uh, you just got to keep on going. And sometimes you just got to put your head down and uh, one foot in front of the other, and just look for the next obstacle. And uh, it it really helps me keep my focus with them and with my whole life and just kind of, kind of centers me. So it's yeah. been, it's been really good. I'm really thankful that, uh, that I have the sport to, uh, to do that for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up, uh, before we get going, um, Mary, any final shout outs you want to give friends, family, etc. Um, I just, a uh, shout out, I guess to, um, Everyone else I'll see out on the course this year. I'm looking forward to running with everybody again. This Sounds good. Fred, any uh, final shout outs you want to give friends, family, et cetera? Yeah, just a couple of people have really helped me. You mentioned Mike Smith got me uh, into all of this. And then uh, Sue and Kenny Thomas, uh, uh, she's the one who encouraged me to go to the first worlds and actually volunteered her husband to be a uh, pit crew for me. And uh, he actually came back the next year and, and ran it. That's been uh you know, just to, to have them. So they actually showed up twice yesterday just to uh, give me a little boost uh, when I was running. The only other little plug I'd like to give, there's a really good uh, small local obstacle course race. It's in Buffalo. It's called the Muddy Buffalo. And uh, anybody in the New York State area, it's, it's really nice. Uh, the guy who runs it does an excellent job. And it's it's a pretty solid, uh, solid course. And uh, you run up and down a couple of ski hills and he builds all of his own obstacles, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get going. The your guys's buckles and uh, your gold and silver buckle are in the mail, so you should have them uh, by next. By the time this airs, probably you'll probably actually have them in your hand. I'm holding one of them right now. They look so good. I mean, they they came out. <laughs> They came out so much better than the design, like the terrible design I sent the uh, the buckle maker there. So you're going to love them. And then the the gold and silver and bronze ones, I think, look just as cool, if not cooler. I mean, after getting the gold ones, I was like, damn, I should have gotten myself a gold one too. I was like, this looks <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I think you guys are going to love them. The We do have some extras. So uh, again, the, the rules were you donate 50 bucks and then you got to – run the event on your own, and then basically email me the results. So the competitive portion of the event is closed. So um, you, can't, you can't dethrone Fred or dethrone Mary here. Uh, but if you <laughs> want to see how far they ran and see how far some of the other people ran, you can go right over to the teamstrengthspeed.com website, go to the OCR Challengers. There's an OCR Mill 21,000 feet drop down. 
and I have all the people who ran their results listed up on there, all their names, all their mileages. And then there's a separate category kind of below it where anyone who runs after the competitive portion is over. So if you run after the competitive portion is over and you donate 50 bucks, uh, we'll throw your name up there with your mileage. Let's get some great training. And I'll also send you one of these awesome belt buckles that I have left over. So uh, if you're planning on doing that, just shoot me a message because uh, I am going to donate a bunch of them to some of the OCR kids courses uh, so they can do their own kind of virtual event where they uh, essentially log similar miles or distance or time, but spread out over several weeks. So um, they'll be able to, they'll be able to earn one too. So Fred, Mary, thanks again for coming on. Uh, it was great talking to you and I'm hoping to see you actually out on the course. Uh, I think we're yep. currently sitting at $4,500 raised total. So we're about $500 away from target. I think we'll hit it eventually, but uh, if anyone listening has donated, please head over and drop a couple of bucks in there. And the, you know, even if you just drop a couple of dollars, it when you donate, it shows up on your Facebook timeline, so other people see that you donated, and it it, it draws in more donations. So even if you you know donate one dollar four times, I think that's you know that it makes it appear in your timeline repeatedly. So head over, donate. Shout out to Folds of Honor again. The event was to raise scholarship money for children whose parents were killed and wounded in action. Shout out to Mythic Race, the William Shell, the owner of the race. Uh, that's the dragon logo on the buckle. That's his logo. Um, new race series coming to Missouri in 2022. And uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Hylit. Uh, so that's what I wore. The sh- I wore Hylit shorts and Hylit socks uh, for the event. And then um, had some squirrels nut butter on there too to prevent any sort of chafing. And uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, Bobby Ross should have a video coming out, kind of highlighting some of the event. I know he's in Honduras right now, so he is a little busy. Uh, so there's been a small delay in the re- release of the video. All right, that wraps it up. Mary and Fred, thanks again. We will uh, we'll catch you guys later. Yeah, All right, thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah.